Hello, and welcome to Avatar The Last Korra. Are you feeling tired? Don't want to think your own thoughts anymore? Why not take a vacation to beautiful, scenic Lake Laogai? We have the utmost service. We will personally make sure that your thoughts and your feelings all align with the beautiful culture of the Earth Kingdom. Lake yeah, Laogai. it's uh, it, it's the Manchurian Candidate. It time. is! It's the brainwashing, y'all. It's the Manchurian ex-boyfriend. Um... <laughs> Uh, we yeah, finally start getting answers spooky. to stuff in this this episode. Yeah, and we finally we finally reconnect with with Appa. We're, yes. He's back. He back. We're doing it. Um, <laughs> but let's let's focus on what really matters. Uh, Sokka can't draw. Sokka can't draw at all. He's an artist, but he can't. He's a poet, but he can't draw. Mm. So that's he's terrible. Um, uh, and we should make fun of him for his lack of art talent. <laughs> Yeah, the, the episode opens with uh, Sokka unable to draw an adequate, uh, like, lost dog poster Appa. for Appa. Yeah. And uh, so, but it's fine, because Aang and Katara have already solved the problem and went and had a professional do it. And they've got yeah, a, a whole bunch they're, of them. They're going to drop some flyers. Get it? Because he's flying. It's, oh, it's my flyers. God. Stop. Um, and then, uh, you know, they're going to go, I I think we should talk about, um, like the B plot along with the A plot in this one, because they do kind of intersect. Yeah. Um, so for, for Zuko and Iroh, we've got some Yelp reviewers sort of coming to Iroh's tea shop being like, we've heard that you're the genius behind the T and that this owner, he's got nothing. Yep. And, uh, they poach him. they try to poach him. They do. They don't even try. They do it. Um, and like they just do it. They're like, "We'll give you your own tea shop, free, complete creative freedom." Yeah. And he's and then the shop owner's like, "Man, this sucks." And he's like, you "This is be... what happened last time. Every time I get a good tea maker, they fucking give him his own tea shop." Uh, yeah, but uh, he, he tries to offer him position of senior executive assistant manager to keep him, which I, I do like. Feels. It's just a bunch of wealthy capitalists poaching a working class artisan. Yeah. Um, um, but then Zuko notices that there is a flying boy <laughs> dropping flyers. Or really, he just um, sees the flyer float down, and it happens to be for Appa, who he knows intimately. And uh, it is like, oh shit, Aang's somewhere here. here. He's here. I gotta find him. Gotta become the um, blue spirit again. Yeah. Uh, uh Judy shows up at the Avatar's house um after you know the original Judy not yes. the replacement Judy that we saw. Um and she just acts like nothing happened except for that she took a vacation to yep. Lake Laogai for a couple weeks. It's fine. Yep. Nothing weird about that. And she says uh you can't put up your posters because then everyone will know that there's a war somehow. Or, you know, it's just, it's not permitted. And, you know, rules are rules right. here. So, you need to get uh, permits. You, you gotta so then, do it. As a completely equal and valid response, Toph uh, destroys a wall of their home <laughs> that they're being allowed to stay in for free. <laughs> I mean, first Aang, like, yells at her and is basically like, shove it, I'll do what I want. And Toph yeah. is, like, just so caught up in the breaking rules the moment. moment of it all. 
that uh, she busts open the house. Which I think, you know, in our, our last Avatar The Last Korra episode, you talked about how you don't think that co- uh, Toph would have been become a cop. And, yeah. like, this this moment really cements that for me, too. Like, it'd she be kind of weird if she, that she became a cop. You're under arrest for littering, <laughs> says Toph. That's insane. Yeah, like, um, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, so, meanwhile, uh, Zuko... So then we cut to, um, Long Fang, because we need to see what he's planning. And I always just think it's weird that Long Fang has the same voice actor as Mr. Krabs. Um, (laughs) Yeah, um, you, you might know, you know, you might recognize the similarities between his voice and, like, Lex Luthor from the Justice League cartoons. That's um, so funny. I, but I always think of him as Mr. Krabs, and he I, says, Arrgh, Avatar, <laughs> you're spreading all me agitprop. <laughs> you're spreading all me propaganda. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> but he's like, all right, if he wants his bison so bad, we'll give him his stupid bison. But really, they're going to lead him <laughs> astray. Um, right. And so the... Uh, Meanwhile, back at T-Town, Zuko and Iroh are talking about what does Zuko want out of life? And it's it's important yeah. to, to, Nairo says, to live it. Zuko, don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> uh, a lot of references in, a, in this one, isn't there? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but he doesn't listen to that advice at all. He dresses up as the blue spirit and he just straight up kidnaps a Dai Li agent. Yep. It seems like it shouldn't work. It seems like they would probably have like cyanide capsules or something or, or whatever something. their <laughs> earth bending equivalent is. It, it, we'll find out later that it does work. Um, but so the wild goose chase that uh, Long Fang sort of sends them on is that he reintroduces them to Jet, who remember was captured by uh, the Dai Li a few episodes yeah. back. And uh, I love that Jet shows up and Katara just immediately starts attacking him. Like, no no time for any words or anything. She's just like, you monster. I'm going to Yeah, I mean, like, the you. last thing that they did was leave him, like, frozen to a tree. Yeah. Um, just <laughs> left him there. Uh, so I think they kind of assumed he would just die. <laughs> but, I mean, you have to assume that some of the other freedom fighters would have, like, gotten him out of there or something, you know? Yeah. Like, they didn't, like, kill anyone. It, it's definitely shocking, I think, to see him again. But then, like, to just immediately attack him is, it's a lot. Uh, but it's a very yeah. Katara thing to do, you know? Like, she's yeah. she's, she's very a woman mu- scorned. She's a woman scorned. She very much holds a grudge. Um, and sometimes for and good reason. Like, but go tell it to some other girl, Jet. Which is such a cliche line, but it's absolutely the kind of thing that she would say. <laughs> totally. It's um, very in character. It's wonderful. Uh, and then we but get... But then we get the start of uh, Toph the Lie Detector. Yeah, which is, we talked about in the the last um, Avatar The Last Korra with uh, Ai Wei and Metal Bending City. And we're going to talk about in in this one, too. Um, but yeah. here's, here's, I mean, it kind of makes here's sense. the lie detector right? like, apotheosis. Oh yeah, I mean, it's basically a polygraph, so it's only so accurate. But uh, yeah, she's good at sensing vibrations yeah. ever so slight. So yeah. So like, sure. Um, they then uh, they 
you know, Jet leads them to this old barn where this guy named Old Sweepy is just sweeping <laughs> stuff up, and he says, "Ah, they took that poop monster to Whale Tail, Tail Island." Island. <laughs> Which is apparently all the way back at the South Pole, and Ang's like, "Great, let's go." And Toph's like, "Finally, we're leaving the worst city ever." And uh, but then, but then, Smeller Bee and Longshot show up. Baby, and uh, turns out both Smeller Bee and Jet are telling the same thing, and Sokka brilliantly immediately jumps to the conclusion of brainwashing. <laughs> well, it, I think it's interesting because like Jet specifically said that the the rest of his Freedom Fighters were not in town, right? Which I feel like is something that they wouldn't have specifically programmed into his head, right? But they like because they wouldn't have known. Well, they might have. So it's probably, like, just, like, an accident. Like, they brainwashed him to say, like, uh, hey, I'm here in the city to try and help the Avatar find his bison. Right. Um, but they didn't count on the fact that, like, oh, you need to establish why he's here in the city. You need to establish who he's here with. And so instead, like, Jet, in his brainwashed state, just assumes that he's here alone because he right. just has this one mission. Um, and then that right. conflicts with what's actually happening. And so I think it's not that out of the blue for Sokka to assume brainwashing. I think it's something that he would probably assume pretty quickly. And I'm glad we don't have to like beat around the bush about it. Yes. Yes. I'm glad too. Um, but it, like, it, it's not something that in general I've really, I noticed before, but for some reason it like jumped out to me. Um, and like, sure. to be fair, we, the audience know it's brainwashing. So we're like, yeah, sure. Fine. Um, but... But, I mean, like, considering what we've seen of Judy, yeah, like... it's not crazy. How would you not make that assumption? Right, and and Sokka has also had, like, crazy theories before, so it's, right. it's not totally out of the blue. Um, right. But then uh, we get Katara doing some flashback healing magic on Jet's yeah, brain with I, water Can bending. you just, like... Can you just, like, like put water to somebody's head to give them, like, psychotherapy? I like, guess. It's therapy by glowing water. I don't know. Why, why didn't, um, or I guess to just unlock his memories, you know? It wasn't so much, like, it was more like deprogramming him rather than psychotherapy. Right, but even still, like, the brain seems like it should be more complicated than just some soothing <laughs> water. warm water light. Right. Well, hey, I mean, acupuncture did some shit to Lynn last time. <laughs> There's Right. It's, it's all bullshit. It's, whatever. Uh, it's just got a exposition. Right. Um, we find out that so he's the, like, uh, oh, rough, yeah, let's go to Lake Lao Guy. Let's go to Lake Lao Guy. But during the flashback scene, I thought it was interesting that they it was the rough rhinos who murdered Jeff's whole Jet's whole family and his. Yeah, village. it's a nice little detail. Uh, well, nice. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's the thing is, like, Avatar always just reuses character designs. But, I mean, it does it strategically. Yeah, um, and I, I like have to say... They're not going to design a whole new murderer. <laughs> right. Like, just we for already, that. We already got some fine murderers that we could use. Um, exactly. I did, I did also, like, during the, uh, like mind healy scene or whatever uh when he's trying to think of like where he was taken the the animation sequence for that is really pretty and yeah it's sort of like dream logic like the floor sort of fades into the water Water. because all he can remember is water and then the rest of the scene sort of unfolds around the water right um it was a little bit go to the sunken place but, but hey it's brainwashing yeah i mean he is hypnotized yeah um, 
So then, you know, the gang show up, they find the secret passage in the lake, they head down, and uh, then we get a good door misdirect. Um, yeah, we talked about door misdirects last time uh, and like, in relation I, to I can't yeah, tell in relation you, to the whistle. Right, right. And I can't tell you how many times I've watched this episode, but like, it still got me. <laughs> Like, maybe I'm stupid. Yeah, it's a, it's a great door twist. Uh, you know, very reminiscent of the, the Hannibal Lecter thing, where you think that this cop is going to find uh, Buffalo Bill, uh, but then it turns out that it was actually our main character, Jody, Jody Foster Detective, who did it. Um, yeah, I, I like a door twist. I like a classic door twist. Yeah. Um, but so the door twist to this one is that it's not the gang finding Appa, it's Zuko. And he does some menacing sword shit at him again, and Appa growls. Right. (laughs) Um, but then we get a great scene. And, like, this is one of the, like, best scenes in Avatar, where, like, I don't know how Iroh shows up here. It's it's a little strange, but Iroh shows up. Yeah, he just sort of appears. Uh, behind Zuko, and then just starts fucking yelling at him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, listen, you idiot. I care about you so much, but, like, you have to think things through. Like, you need to, like, really yeah. do some soul-searching, and you're gonna do it right now, and I'm gonna make right. you. I think I think it was interesting that he compared, you know, just going and finding the Avatar's bison probably to kill the bison mm-hmm. uh, or to steal him, kidnap him so that the avatar would come to him. Right. Like that's a bad plan. Yeah. And so it's nice to compare it to another bad plan that Zuko had in book one, where he had the avatar in the middle of a frozen tundra of death <laughs> and then like would definitely have died if right. they hadn't found him. Um, <laughs> Which Iroh says And then, too. yeah. Uh, so, and then Iroh says, you know, sort of the the theme line of the whole show, yeah. which is, you know, is it your own destiny or is it a destiny that someone else has tried to force on you? Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's basically what the show's about. Um, you know, right. destiny as it's chosen for you versus destiny as you would uh, choose for yourself. Right. Um, and, you know, even within a, a larger chosen destiny, what are your... What what is your Values. path and your choices within that? Yeah. Um, which, you know, is definitely very thematically resonant for Aang's final right. choice in the series. And, you know, that's absolutely relevant to the other plot that's happening in the other room mm-hmm. where Jet has led Aang into a trap and then he got his Manchurian candidate switch flipped. Activated. And, you know, <laughs> he activates. Um, and he tries killing him. And then Aang is literally just like, Listen, you have to, you know, make your choices for yourself. You can't let other people choose for you. You're a freedom fighter. You got to be yourself. And then he remembers everything. And he he does, like, just sort of break out of the trance. And I think in another type of show, that would be kind of lame. Like, oh, so the hypnosis just stopped working. (laughs) But... I think here it works. Because that's what the show's about. Right. And because it wasn't... Like, you know, it's a little bit, like remember your friends, but like, it's not even necessarily the friends. It's like, you were fighting for something you believed in. Remember that, you know, and like, that's the important part. Um, but then Jet gets like 
curb stomped in the stomach or something and uh yeah I, I, it's very unclear because what you see is there's a rock coming towards jet it cuts away there's a lot of smoke smoke clears and it's just this like pointed rock that's of an like Blunted. ambiguous height like it yeah. could have hit him in the head or the heart but i'm guessing this, it's the heart the because he, I'm, I'm guessing it's the heart because he did not uh immediately die <laughs> Right, he didn't go unconscious. Right, but he, but it was bad enough that he will be dying soon. Right, because um, basically the the other freedom fighters and uh, the rest of the gang show up, and he's like, "I'll be okay. Uh, these guys will stay with me and fight." And oh, um, Longshot has his first ever line, and uh, is basically right. like, "Leave, leave. We'll take care of this." Um, and then I guess they all die, question mark, but, like, as... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we never see Smellerby or Longshot again, and they don't come back for them, which is fucked Mm-mm. up. I it mean, is really fucked I'm up. I'm guessing they die. Yeah. It's, like, pretty dark. Um, Because, yeah. uh, you know, as they're leaving, Jet is like, I'll be okay, and then Toph, with her lie detector shit, is like... I, he's lying single tear. Which is a really touching scene, but it's also just too ambiguous. It's, right. It was kind of a mistake, and so they'll they'll point that out. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I would give up on it. Like, I don't know if I would drop this scene if I had a chance to, like, rewrite the show. I don't think I would drop it. I would just make it less ambiguous, potentially. <laughs> right, maybe. <yeah. laughs> um, like, like, really lean into the tragedy of it if we're going the tragic right. route, or, you know, make it clear that there is a way out or something, you know? Um, but, but anyway, so they, they managed to, to get out and they're like, shoot, we didn't find Appa. Oh no, no, the Dai Li are all after us, run. Um, but then Appa shows up and he just like barrels Momo like flies into the sun and disappears and then Appa flies out. It's a very cool visual. Uh, yeah, Momo transforms into Appa. No, (laughs) He evolved. Uh, and then Appa bites, he, he bited, uh, Long he bited Fang. Long Fang on the leg. And he skips him across the lake, which I love. <laughs> like, yeah. that's how much force he threw him with. They um, won. And they win. And, uh, turns out Zuko decided to let Appa go and choose a different path. And he yep. starts getting all, like, a little bit woozy and, uh, drops his mask for the blue spirit into the lake in a very symbolic gesture. Of... But, but what are the gang going to do now? <laughs> because oh. they've not stopped the Dai Li at all. What are the gang going to do now? And that brings us to the Earth King. Uh, yeah. Which is the They're going to the start storming episode. the castle. This is the next episode, book two, episode 18. Yeah. And, you storming know. Storming the castle. Sokka's like, all right, this is great. Let's do it. Let's go talk to the Earth King. We have no reason not to. We've got Appa. That's the whole point of being here. Toph <laughs> is like, no, let's just leave. This place blows. And Katara is also kind of like, yeah, this place, I, I'm ready to to peace out. Uh, and Ang's like, no, let's, let's do it. So they decide to do it. And, uh, they, yeah. they just like bum rush the fucking <laughs> palace. And it's such yeah, but a they're, good They're very apologetic scene. about it. They're like, sorry, pardon me. Excuse me. Sorry. We're just trying to get to see the earth King. Yeah. Uh, very polite about it. Very polite. Um, Toph makes a fun slide, uh, so out, out of stairs. It, and so everybody slides down. I, I really do love this fight sequence. It's, 
so much fun to watch. It's visually It's very creative and interesting, the, and we, the way that the Earth moves. Yeah. There's surface-to-air rocks, which is a <laughs> stupid phrase that I love. Um, yes. Like, you would never say surface-to-air rocks. <laughs> but that's the show. That's what you've got. Um I love that dumb shit. Um, and, and, like, you know, we get some great water bending from Katara. Like, Aang does some great support. Like, like I, I don't know. This seems like the perfect video game level to me, too. Where it's, like, some RPG where you've got, like, your companions or whatever. And you just gotta, like, fight your way through a shit ton of guards. And, like, yeah. it's just fun. It's entertaining. And it, it's... That it is. We haven't seen a fight, really, of this scale before, either. Which is, like, interesting. Um, I think we have. I mean, like certainly at the Northern Water, uh, but not Water Tribe, but not just like the four of them against like these just like wave after wave after wave of guard. You know, like we've seen like real battles. They've never stormed any castles. It's true. Uh, is they haven't saying. stormed any castles, and they stormed the castle, uh, and they we got Sokka checking doors, do. looking at naked ladies. She that wasn't naked. even naked. I yeah. do love the. Um, he opens this one door, and a girl just looks at him and goes, "Burglar!" and falls down, and that gets me every time. I don't know why. Yeah, it's just cute. Uh, so uh, then they bust through the big old doors, which they should have checked the big old doors I first. Know. But um, I, I love that this is a continuation of Sokka's like uh, obsession with aesthetics again. You know, he's like, "Oh, this is <laughs> this is an impressive door. This has got to be the real door. Only a king <laughs> right. would sit behind this door." Um, and then, then they try to explain a conspiracy theory to the Earth King. Right. And they're and... like, listen, if you're on my side, drop your weapons. And, uh, <laughs> that was their first mistake was they dropped their weapons, their weapons. for some reason. And then the Dai Li captures them. Uh. Yeah. And... I mean, they should have just, they should have just murked the, uh, the Earth King. Just kill him. You know? <laughs> like. Why? I, listen. What was that I, It would have been easier. Then they could just take control of the military. But would that work? Long Fang, you work for us now. I I don't think that would work. I don't think Long Fang would work for them. Yeah, well, kill him too. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I I agree that disproving Long Fang is probably the better uh, option than just yeah, murdering probably. everyone. Um, probably. probably. This is the gaslighting episode. It is. <laughs> this is the episode where Long Fang is like, no, we didn't for no, the entire uh, episode. What are you talking about? That's a birthmark, man. That's not a bison bite. This is stupid. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. Sokka He's proves... He's got bison bite marks, and they're like, oh, this proves that we're correct about everything. And it's like, mm, no. <laughs> uh, but it does prove that Long Fang is a liar and a bad one. Like, right. why didn't he just say, yeah, their bison came and bit me? Because <laughs> they're criminals. <laughs> Right, like, he could have just said, like, what do you mean they've been looking for their bison? They haven't been looking for anything. They've had it this whole time, and they attacked me. Yeah, and they like, sicked him on me, yeah. He's just a bad liar, like, which is amusing for, like, the spy master of the fucking country. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, we get Sokka's, the, the, the first Day of Black Sun name drop from Sokka, where he's like, yep. listen, we are at war, and... There's this day coming up, and it's going to be our one shot to, like, defeat the Fire Nation. Um, and so they have to, like, go through and, like, prove to the Earth King that 
they're telling the truth and they go to Lake Guy and it's destroyed and then they take him to the outer wall where there's the drill and that's the thing that finally proves that there's a war, right. I but guess. But Long Fang is just, he, he's like on it. He's like, yeah, we're just doing some construction, construction uh, you know, drilling some holes. Uh, why aren't we doing it with earthbending? Uh, you know, it's just easier this way. Uh, why is it of a uh, Fire Nation insignia? Well, you know, you can't trust domestic engineering. Yeah. Um, he's he's a, like he's quick on his feet, but like they're bad lies. They're bad lies. Um, so then he gets <laughs> captured by the Dai Li, and uh, then we <laughs> and sort of... Long Fang is long gone. Uh-huh, yeah, the saga says a joke. That is that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, meanwhile, Zuko's having a little crisis of faith sort of thing. Uh, kind of like we saw with Lin in the the last two episodes of Korra. Right. But way less stupid, because we've had a whole fucking arc with Zuko. And it's not just right. two episodes of awkward backstory. So, he's just got this, like, fever, and Iroh's like, I knew you would have this fever. He's just very, like, on top of it, and he's, like, feeding Zuko some water soup. Um, some tea. Out of, out of, like, a ladle. I don't know why. It's just water soup. Um, it's fine. And uh, he's like, Zuko, this is not a natural sickness. This is unnatural sickness. It's a magical sickness. It's a metamorphosis. It's a magic sickness. Um, you're you're um, at war with who you used to be and who you're going to become, and so you gotta sweat it out, basically. And he has yeah. a crazy dream where there's a an Azula dragon and an Iroh dragon, and the Azula dragon is like... And he's Fire Lord Zuko. And he's Fire Lord Zuko. And he doesn't have his scar. Um, right. And, uh, you know scary mean Azula is like, oh, just fall asleep. It'll only for a little while. And Iroh's like, no, you have to awaken and become who you must. And then he... Yeah, it's like this metamorphosis is so powerful that he could literally die uh, of psychic dissonance. Right. uh, Is the implication. It's pretty over the top, but I mean, you know. But it's great. It's, this is a mythic sort of story, isn't it? You know, it? and especially for for kids, like, it, you don't care that it's unrealistic. You haven't necessarily gone through trauma like this yet. Like, you're like, right. whoa, I bet. <laughs> <It's> still... <laughs> I bet. But, like, also for adults. So he wakes up you know, and like, he's got a Zang face. Yes. But later he has another dream where he washes his face and he's Aang. But then I love right. the moment after this, like I truly do, where he wakes up and it pans over from his one eye to his scarred eye. And he like reaches up and touches it and then just like closes his eye. And you can like feel like the sadness and like the tension in that moment. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just really powerful. I think it'd be I like funny it if... Uh... I think it'd be funny if, like, he just had the Zang face for the rest of the show. <laughs> like, the his his mental transformation magically made his, his face head different. transform. Oh my god! Yeah, sounds like some I think that'd be funny. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's it is what it is. Um, so you know, Zuko's sort of coming coming out of it, still kind of going through this metamorphosis, and we don't necessarily get a a total conclusion to this storyline yet. Um, I mean, he doesn't he wake up and then he's like, can I have some tea or something? No, he's he not happy yet. No, he's not happy yet. 
that's all right. That's, well, I think we'll have to find time. out next time. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert: He gets happy for a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, meanwhile, from the gang, they finally, you know. Long Fang's gone, so they have access to all his files and find all these like letters and things that they'd been looking for. <coughs> um, Toph gets a letter from her parents who are like, "We're in the city," or her mom at least. Uh, yeah, come, come see we, me. Because we hate her dad, so we would never trust the dad to come. Yeah, but we haven't heard the mom like say any lines, so we could believe that the mom would be like. I'm leaving you too because you're <laughs> restrictive, you and then I'm gonna go help Tough. Right. But it, yeah. So she um she gets a letter from her saying I've forgiven you and I I see the error of my ways and I'd love to talk. Um and you know Ang gets the message from uh Guru Patik that he needs to go see him, and then uh Sokka and Katara find an intelligence report that they know where their dad is finally, which is like kind of exciting, you know, like yeah. they haven't seen their dad in a long time. Um, so, you know, Aang has this cute moment where he's like, we just got the family back together. And I'm like, Oh, Aang, I love it. You are a family. Um, yeah. But you know, they got to split up. And so Toph's going to Toph and Katara are going to stay in the city. Um, Toph's going to go see her mom. Katara's going to help the earth King plan for the invasion. Uh, and then, um, you've got Sokka, who's gonna go meet up with his dad, and Aang's gonna what go see What could the guru. possibly go wrong? You know, the classic D&D thing of splitting up the party for total success. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just saying because everything's, everything's looking up as, yeah. like... Saka literally says. Yeah, he like literally says something like, "Everything's gonna be all right from now on to forever," or something. You know, like. But, but uh oh, the Daily are literally ready to coup the king whenever. Like, just hit me up. I'll, I'll, you know, ready to coup when you are. They're like Long Fang. We're with you. No worries. Um, (laughs) We we hear that the Kyoshi warriors are here. Uh, and Sokka's like, oh yeah, they're super trustworthy. They're great. Like, say hi to them yeah. for me. Uh, turns out, remember how those Kyoshi warriors were fighting Azula? Guess they lost, because they're impersonating them now. Uh, yep, it's and, Azula uh, and remember how Toph's mom is totally reformed? No. <laughs> nope. She It just, was just our bounty hunters. Yep, they get, they get capture her in a giant metal box, and, uh are like, we're fucking taking the you home, you terrible child. And uh, that's that's about where it ends. Or, well, it, it ends on the Zuko sort of, like, waking up uh, and touching his face. But, right. um, you know. Hey, here's the thing. When with, when Toph got her letter, I don't remember anybody reading it out loud. Did she read it? She can't have. Oh, my God, did she? <laughs> did they have her read it? David, I have to go back and watch this again now. Oh no. I think you're right. <laughs> Maybe it was in Braille. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe it was in Braille. But like, she sort of has said before, like when they go to the library, she's like, yeah, I don't really like books. I can't read them. <laughs> so. Do you want to actually look it up right now or do you want to just move on? Let's move on. But like, Please let us know. I, I, we might put in the show notes maybe uh, what the actual answer to this question is. 
Um, but right. but yeah, so that's so, so that's Avatar. We're perched for the finale. There's two episodes left. Let's let's talk about Korra now. We're perched and parched. Um, <laughs> Korra, we've the got... original Airbenders. No, nope, uh, I remember the people getting Airbenders. really excited about this episode title, and then when it turned out, they were just talking about it's um, more filler. Bisons. Yeah. They're a little disappointed. And it's more filler, also. Uh, yeah. Where we get to see Airbender Boot Camp and Tenzin continuing to be really bad at teaching. Just like... I actually think he's... Like, all of his stuff ends up paying off in this one. I mean, yeah, uh, it works out, but it's like... Yeah. I don't know. Like, like teaching's hard, you know, especially teaching for, is hard. for students who don't necessarily want to be there or don't necessarily want to learn the content, you know, like, like right. it's, it's And that's hard. how it starts. He's like giving a history lesson about like their Gandhi figure who fasted for a hundred days or something. Um, yeah. And the only person who knows the answer is the nerd, the teacher's pet, whose name is Otaku. David, um, I'm so sad. I had forgotten about this. I... I lived in a world where no one in the Avatar universe was named Otaku, and it was a better place. And I'm sad because now I'm in this world <laughs> where it's true. It's it's a it's just a throwaway joke. We never hear from him again. Um, <laughs> Doesn't he do stuff like later in the season? No, is it just maybe? But we never hear his name again. I guess. Uh, I, I and, uh, yeah, Kaya shows up with some more airbenders and tells, uh, Tenzin that, you know, Zaheer's on the loose. Um, she makes a joke about, uh, Guru Locks Shmir, uh, which <laughs> I guess Kaya's Jewish. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Who, who, who tries to trick Boomy? Oh, Korra tells Tenzin to try to trick Boomy into giving him help by making. I think him it's feel a good important. idea. I think, yeah. like you know, that they gave Korra the the idea instead of Tenzin, so that they could show that Korra, you know, has has sort of grown and, and understands people a little bit more. Yeah. You know, Korra's like, listen, Boomy loves commanding others. He loves responsibility. So if you want him to be responsible and like learn things, just tell him that he's in charge. Which is like um, almost but, a good idea. You know, it's like halfway there. No, it, I think it was a good idea. Tenzin kind of instead of making him in charge, just like takes his idea and turns it on him. Yeah, which, that's fair. Yeah, but it's I love that they do. This is the full metal jacket episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's like they have the scene where they shave, um, where they shave the Airbender's head, and uh, I could have sworn they were playing "Goodbye, My Darling, Hello, Vietnam," <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, they also set up like a big obstacle course, and they're like, "Maggot, you get over that!" Right? Like, I just love the idea that he's boot camping them into being monks, and like, it sort of makes sense, you know? Like, it's a very austere sort of kind of hardcore thing to be a monk truly. you will not laugh you will not cry you will learn by the numbers i will teach you right right um so uh, we a- have the return of melon lord uh 
Oh, yes, yes. That... Somebody's shooting melons at the recruits. Um, which is a, a season three Avatar joke. Um, so we haven't yeah, quite gone there well, yet, but, but we'll, we'll get, get there. there. Um, <laughs> it was so funny, though, when they got to the obstacle course, all I could think was like, Welcome to Wipeout, American, or like, Airbender Ninja Warrior, you know? Just, it was so yeah. gimmicky and funny. But I thought strange. of it as Full Metal Jacket, which is what it was. I mean, yes. This is the Full Metal Jacket episode. It, it is. Um, meanwhile, there's a subplot where, like, <laughs> Kai's like, you're so mature, Janora. And she's like, I am mature. Dad, give me a tattoo. Do it. And, like, her dad's just, like, weird about it and won't for kind of no reason. Um, well, I, I, I mean, like, I, I think it's weird to, like, ask for it. Like, isn't it just something where once you master a certain number of things, there's, like, an automatic process by which you get them? Like, isn't it kind of like asking someone to bar mitzvah you when you have not finished learning your Torah passage? <laughs> I guess, but, like, imagine you finished reading your Torah passage, but then, and now you're 15, and your dad is still like, no, 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 you're too young. Like. Right, but she is pretty young. Like, Aang was, like, the the youngest person that we ever saw with tattoos. I mean, that's true. Um, and he but was, she's like, older, She's older than Aang now, isn't she? She's, like, a teenager. Yeah, she's, like, two years older than Aang. That's, like, it's not a lot. I don't know. Like, I, I'm kind of with her on this, where it's, like. She probably, it, and the way the show frames it, it really seems like the only reason Tenzin isn't giving her tattoos is because he's overprotective. Um, right, that's the framing, but I disagree with that framing. I think <laughs> I think Tenzin's totally in the right, and, like, Janora has done basically nothing so far. And basically, as soon as she do, does anything uh, of use, she then gets her tattoos. So, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um... I think it's funny that Tenzin quits and then hands it over to Miko, who's, like, even more of, like, a tyrannical drill sergeant. <laughs> yeah. Is it Miko or Milo? Milo, sorry. I, Milo, yeah. yeah. Milo really it takes after Boomy. Uh, yeah. I don't know why, but that's just a thing that's happened. It's fine. Um, so, meanwhile, Janora and Kai, like, peace out because she had a fight with her dad. Basically... You know, really, Jasmine Aladdin's it out of there. Go on a magic carpet ride. Uh, yeah. And, and, and then they go find some baby bison. Find some baby bison where Colonel Mustang from Full Metal Alchemist is poaching all of them. Um, <laughs> I, like, heard the voice and I was like, wait a minute, what? Because <laughs> it's such a yeah. specific voice. Um, but, yeah, so there's these poachers and they capture them. And uh, then we get a little uh, spirit lassie from Janora that she says. What's that, Boomju? There's trouble at the well? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's it's so, like, on the nose. It, it just, yeah. it, and it feels unself-aware, you know? It doesn't feel like, right. like, oh, uh, yeah, we know what we're doing here. It's just like, no, we're doing this, and you're going to live with I th- it. I don't know, it might be self-aware. <sighs> I, I, it was cute. It was, it was whatever. Um, but so the, all the airbenders have to go rescue them and Boomy <laughs> gives them an inspirational speech and, uh, they, <laughs> they successfully managed to, to stop the poachers and a bunch of flying right. bison come and, and beat them up. Um, right. and the guy who got his head shaved <laughs> yeah. is like, I couldn't have done it without my head shave, which 
like it doesn't make any sense, but I'm willing to accept it. Yeah. Like it's that kind of thing. Like it seems like no, if you have hair that will make you way more sensitive to the wind. Right. Than if you're bald. Right. Like, oh, I can hear the, I can feel the wind on the back of my head. Okay, yeah, but if you have just a slight breeze, you can he- feel your hair waving. Right. <laughs> so. That's why animals have hair, is because it senses m- motion and movement right. like, at a distance. Right. That's... But I'll accept it, because it doesn't bother me. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and then, you know, there was a, a subplot earlier where the baby bison, um, you know, they're like deer. They don't know how to fly the first few weeks of their life or whatever. And then they do learn to fly at the end of the episode, just like all the airbenders learn to be airbenders by the end of the episode. And yeah, it's very, I don't think this was too bad of a filler episode. I I thought it was kind of, it was fine. I just found it very boring. I found the family angst very boring. And I found like Tenzin's stubbornness, frustrating um, yeah I, I mean i guess i agree with all that but there were i think there were a lot of good jokes that worked that you know I, I thought that boomy is always a very charming sort of character i like him uh and uh you know i think there was some good action at the end um the the music in the chase scene was really good i don't know yeah. like I, we haven't talked much about the music in cora versus uh, Avatar, but I in Korra, it's it's fully orchestrated. Yeah. Um, and it's very intense, and like the, the the drum beats and everything that were so important to Avatar are still there, but mm-hmm. now with strings and various wind instruments, mm-hmm. and it, it all works really well. Um, yeah. Especially in this scene, I, I noticed. Um, Heck yeah. The, the music helped. Would agree. Um, so then the next episode is The Terror Within, and okay, whew, we're back to actual plot after three filler episodes. Time. Um, and hey, Asami has her first line in, like, four episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a stupid line with Opal and Bolin about, like, we'll always have Paris, but we'll always have Kale, and... It's, it's whatever. Yeah, I think there's some good, I I think that the humor here works, honestly. Eh. Like, I mean, that's an awkward, weird thing, but that's the kind of awkward, weird thing that Bolin would do. And then I like Mako getting stuck at the far end of the table with Iway and being like, not that I have any problem sitting next to you, I just, uh, (laughs) and I was like, I know you're lying, you you hate me. Right. And this is like... I did like that. Like, Mako's across the table just being a brat and then gets called yeah. out for it. And, and uh, you know, uh, Varric is also, like, uh, he's got an airbender detector, which only works if you airbend into it. Um, <laughs> which classic You know, Varric. it's another quirky... Yeah, I just like that, you know, even in an episode that is very, like, plot-centric, like, there's time for just a little jokey scene at a dinner table. Right. A breakfast table or whatever. Right. Just some nice character moments. Um, right. So, yeah, so they close Kuvira up... Kuvira has her first line. She does. Um, has she been named She's yet? She's a background character right now, but... <laughs> she shows up a lot in this episode, though. Like... Yeah, it's foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, quote unquote foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> but 
<laughs> just, just guys, guys. There's a background character, but she has lines, and her design is different. And you so can tell because she has. She's a mole. coming back later. She's a mole. That's how you can tell. That's that it. It's her. Um, yeah. But so, uh, you know, they close up the lotus flowers for the night, and uh, yeah. so, so this episode is called the Terror Within. And there's two terrorists. But it should within. be called the pajama party. It should be called the pajama party because there's a big fight sequence <laughs> and everyone's in pajamas. Um, but terror within is both the fact that Zahir and crew sneak in to the city, but the other terror is that there's someone who helped them and they have to figure out who it is later. Right. Um, but before that mystery, we have the big action scene. So earlier in the episode, the first shot of the episode is Bolin demonstrating his amazing aim by hitting somebody in the head with a rock, which will just happen to come yeah. very in handy because there's a combustion bender here. And as we all know from <laughs> Their season one three, is hitting them in the head, in the head, in the forehead, in the on forehead, their third eye or um, whatever. Right. So the, the the four Red Lotus people have formed a sort of uh, base surrounded by a mm. lava moat. Which is pretty um, cool. Yeah, it is cool. And, uh, you know, so, like, Zaheer is blocking attacks with wind. They've kidnapped Korra. Uh, Did we mention that? You know, Pali is, pro- is providing cover fire with her combustion bending. And Mingwa has these water arms that she can use to grab right. people and whip people. And uh, Gazan is just maintaining this lava moat. So it seems like... And they've got Korra because she's right. been drugged. Um, so it seems like they're just kind of in a stalemate. But then, uh, you know, Suyin and Lin are going to rappel down from the top of the lotus. Right, I, I'll say this. I really uh, like this fight scene because, one, I, like, I, there's tension during it. Um, you know, like, will they get Korra back or will she get, like, taken? Um, it's, it's also really tactical. Like, they have to actually think through how they're gonna fight these people versus just, like, throwing water or rocks at them. Uh. I still think it's a little contrived. You know, I mean, especially, like, the Bolin stuff, which we had to set up at the beginning of the episode that he has good Um, aim. But, like, I... I still really like it. I I felt really invested in the scene and, you know, it felt like more than just like, oh, this is pretty and like the choreography is good, um, which is usually how I feel about Korra fight scenes. Like I, I was very right. invested in this one and I, wa- I want to give it props for that. And like because of the setup they gave it, it, okay. it, it was nice. But I'm going okay. to be harsh with it because... First of all, Gazan has his fifth line, which is backup plan. <laughs> Very important line that yep. could only be said by Gazan. Um, you know, after, like, the, the only reason that, like, Lin and uh, Su Yin rappel down from the top is because Mako says, no go. And they're like, <laughs> go? <laughs> so it's just, like, maybe a better code would be to say, Launch. like, you know, affirmative right. or negative. Um, and then, like, the weirdest part, which is that, like, after they're defeated and Korra is captured back, they just say, like, let's go, and then <laughs> yeah. they disappear. So why didn't they do that before? When they were carrying Korra? Was there something preventing that's, that? I don't know. Mm, that's true. I'll give you that. Um, 
but you know, it's just like for plot points, they needed them to escape and they needed Cora to be gotten back and they needed to not seem like it was too easy. So they added this whole complicated fight scene with, uh, you know, with Bolin sort of pulling out this, uh, (laughs) haymaker from nowhere. Um, But, but it's fine. And like, Hey, I'm not against giving Bolin something competent to do. Poor guy gets like nothing. Right, especially considering he's right. such a metal bit. Um, so it's a failure. So yeah, so he does that. They get her back, and then they're like, "How did they even get in here?" I thought Lin goes full cop on Suyin, um, and they interrogate all the guards. Yeah. And lie detector guy is like, "Hey, it's this guy who's like 18." And looks like an anime protagonist. Um, it's him. He's the guy. And, you know, they go to his house and they find evidence. And so it, it seems like it's all wrapped up. Case closed. But Cora's or is kind it? of like, this seems too easy and strange. He's so young. Well, it's really, it's really Macop. It's the, it's the Mako cop. He's yeah. back in action. And he's like, hold on a minute. He's only 18 <laughs> years old. That means that in order for him to have been connected to Zaheer, he would have had to be in contact when he was three. <laughs> Which, that, that doesn't, doesn't add, add up. up. But I do love um, that they break it because Varric comes in and is like, ah, if it was me, I'd just like plant yeah. the evidence on someone. And Maka's like, oh, you mean like you actually did with me? Um, which is... Yeah, I, he's so brazen yeah. with his criminality, which is what makes him great. Like, he's not no. a reformed villain at this point. He's just a villain who's not doing anything to actively right. harm the protagonists. It's, which is, again, sort of his, like, weird appeal, is that he just is above all of the drama of the Korra universe and just is so fully right. himself, which is truly delightful. Um, but so anyway... Now, here's something. Here's something. Iway, it seems weird that he would draw suspicion towards this random schmo instead of finding, like, an right. actual dissident in the ranks. Like... Somebody who had sort of had a record and who was older, you know, it seems like the kind of thing that he would figure out. Why does he target this random schmo? I don't know. In the interrogation room, like, like they were like, maybe we should. Right. I don't know. Like, like they were just. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he panicked. That's that's a good explanation. Only thought to sort of excuse it, Um, but it's still pretty stupid. Uh Um. Yeah, I like I like the idea of like let's you know let's interrogate him, let's get that information out of him right now. And he's like, no, <sighs> let's give him time to um, <laughs> right. for me to escape. <laughs> um, so they go to Iway's house, uh, and they're they're searching around. But then he shows up, and they're like, oh, we were just uh, looking for you, and we thought you were in here. We we had some questions. <laughs> the door was open. There's like a big hole in their wall. Um, and so he's like, he he notices that a, a pot is out of place. And so he, he is like a metal partition that's just like in his room that he draws up between them to give himself time to escape through a, a bookcase. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a classic hidden classic. bookcase secret tunnel. And, secret uh, you know, tunnel. Cora punches through it through the metal uh, barrier with her metal bending. Doing a great job. But then there's a big boom explosion behind the wall. And there's just like an oil tank with a bomb on it. And it like goes off. 
It's a big boom explosion. No one gets seriously injured from this, which fine, whatever. Um, I well, she know, blocks it with airbed. Fine, then. whatever. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it just feels like an episode, like something out of like Homeland or like Twenty Four. You know, like it's just like. Yeah, this is Twenty Four with Mako terrorism. the cop, <laughs> and it's. Uh, well, yeah, but it's terrorism from Iway, who is part of a secret criminal cult Full called the Red terror. Lotus. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I, like I don't it. know. It's just strange. Um, it feels strange. Yeah. I mean, here's... I, one thing I don't like about this episode is it's another... Like, it's the start of, like, a pattern, which is Korra getting poisoned or knocked unconscious so that other mm. people have something to do. Because Korra is just so yeah. uber capable. Like, she can metal bend, she can do anything. And everyone else is so incapable right. of doing anything that she kind of has to get, like, poisoned or knocked out or incapacitated in some way for, like, the rest of the season in order for, you know, other characters right. to have anything to do. Which is a, definitely a problem for your show. <laughs> um could be but i mean like i mean they come up with a lot of excuses really to do. knock her unconscious so they really really works. do um then um, you know they're they're hanging out at the crime scene or i don't know su su yin is all like i can't believe it he was my closest advisor and uh kuvira shows up it's always your closest advisor don't you know anything <laughs> about shows plot? up to deliver like one line and then leaves um Apparently, yeah. Naga can, like, track Iway or something. Yeah, but Lin is like, don't yeah. go. You know, this is too dangerous. There could be other Red Lotus agents out there. You you don't know what uh -huh. you're dealing with. You know, you're still recovering. Like, just just hold the phone and we'll regroup and, and you know, right. figure something out. And she's like, <laughs> I gotta do this. I'm the avatar. <laughs> it's my job. And then <laughs> my favorite... <laughs> I'm pretty sure Lynn, like, she doesn't say this, but she's basically like, don't lecture me about jobs, millennial. I am your boomer aunt. Yeah. <laughs> you lazy millennials don't know nothing about a job. It's the most boomer moment for Lynn. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so Sue sort of pretends to side with Lynn, but then comes to their house in the middle of the night and is like, all right. Here's a key to a ship or a jeep or something. Go go find him. Yeah. Track him Get down him and jeep. bring him back. And uh, that's that's where the episode ends on this really fun cliffhanger because <laughs> apparently this was aired as a two-parter technically. Um, but whatever. It's not really. Wait. Like, this could be a normal cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger. Um, so we'll talk about the rest of it next week, you guys. Yeah. Now we're on the we're on the hunt yeah. for the highway. It's a new it's a new mission, and I like that this season has new missions basically, right. like every week. Um, we're always changing the goal, you know. We're moving the goalpost. We're not just constantly pursuing like this one dude who's like <laughs> right, a bad dude. Right. I mean, I I agree because that's. That's basically what Avatar is, you know, where, yes. No, Avatar is a big, yeah, like a one singular enemy. Well, that you're, you know, always, everything is just contributing to that one right, but like, mission. There, like, there's 
it's also so incredibly episodic sometimes, where today the enemy is Jet, or today the enemy is the Rough Rhinos, or today the enemy is, like, this person. You know, like, there's all these, or Zuko, or Azula. Sure, but I mean, this season just has a lot going on, like, already. I mean, we've already done mm-hmm. Earth Queen stuff, we've done Finding Airbender stuff, we've done Training Airbender stuff. We've done, you know, like, getting through our emotional issues with our families. <laughs> True. This, this season, for, you know, only being, what, 12, 13 episodes 13. long? It's, like, it's really yeah. blasting through a lot. It moves. It's got, it, it's got a lot more motion to it. And it doesn't mm-hmm. feel overcrowded the way that, um, the right. way that season two did. Because we're not constantly cutting between multiple plots happening at once and just sort of inching them forward. The plot moves very smoothly Right, there's just a lot of different plot happening. Um, and the only sort of cutaway yeah. that we have is our, our little airbender side quest. Yeah, and I mean, next episode is my favorite episode, Dang, of course. I don't period. even remember so, what it is, so we will find out together. <laughs> All right, Boom. we'll see you guys next week. Don't forget to tweet at us at Talking Tropes. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, um, you can all... Like and subscribe. Yep. Smash that subscribe button. Flame yo hot, the hot button. button. Um, and we'll, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.